Hi everyone, and welcome to Crime Science. In this podcast, we explore the science of crime and the practical application of this science for loss prevention and asset protection practitioners, as well as other professionals. Welcome everybody to another episode of Crime Science, the podcast from the LPRC, uh, from the University of Florida campus. Um, and this is the latest in our weekly update series. I'm joined today by Tony D'Onofrio and Tom Meehan and our producer, Diego Rodriguez. And we wanted to talk a little bit about what's going on around the U.S. and the world. And, and starting with the world, of course, uh, what's going on in, in Ukraine, uh, what's going on in Israel um, are affecting supply chains, of course, uh, and others' uh, disruptions around the world in addition to the horror that the people uh, on site are experiencing. And, um, you know, I, I read a headline the other day, uh, are we – uh, a, a war, excuse me, are we a world at war uh, or is World War III coming? And, and so far, certainly we are a world at war. And, you know, I can know from my U.S. Army experience and, and of course, paying attention to the media that at any given minute, any given time, somewhere or somewheres in the world, uh, there is uh, armed conflict. There is war. Um, there is There are battles going on. So uh, these two are particularly horrific. And large and affect much, much larger areas of the world, it seems, than other conflicts do. Um, and the fact that they are in two different areas uh, and pinning down uh, so many resources um, is is pretty staggering and stunning. Um, so just a little bit of, the, of those macro effects, more Tony D'Onofrio's area than mine. But I thought I'd, I'd talk about, you know, what the concerns that we all have for the people there um, and then, of course, there are second, third, fourth order effects uh, that, that, that extend everywhere. And uh, here in Gainesville, even, um, we've got uh, state highway patrol troopers, FHP, um, stationed by uh, Jewish worship or gathering areas. Um, we've had Jewish fraternity and sororities uh, defaced um, and signs put up. Um, in uh, the football stadium, the swamp and things like that, they were taken down before anybody came. But, you know, it's a, a, these the, the entanglements and the, the things that are going on, the human dynamics are pretty incredible. And that's, what, of course, all of us are in crime prevention or dealing with day in and day out as some type of um, uh, amazing thing where one human decides to harm another threaten another, all the above. Um, so we'll move on from there and talk a little bit about the LPRC. If I could, we have the LPRC kickoff event, um, typically 100 executives um, meeting up at Bloomingdale's in their flagship store in Manhattan uh, the day after the National Retail Federation, the NRF big show ends um, this year. Um, pretty much the same thing, only maybe a little bigger. Um, again, it, you know, the LPRC impact uh, this October, uh, we were expecting between three and 400 participants and ended up with 533. So um, we see some, it seems, pretty significant growth in participation uh, in our events at the LPRC, uh, our working groups. Uh, lab visits uh, are now just about biweekly, heading in toward weekly now with us here with uh, meeting with retailers particularly, but also solution partners. So we anticipate that LPRC kickoff that will be January 17th, 2024, 
uh, will be a little bit larger, whether it's, uh, you know, 102 people or it's 122 or 152. We just don't know yet. Uh, we are already have close to 90 uh, participants registered. We've never had people registered at this early date, period. Um, so we're not sure what kind of leading indicator that is. But if you're interested, reach out because there will be some limits um, and then a waiting list. And this is what we've had to do with uh, LPRC kickoff. Uh, and some of our events, uh, many of our events, if not most now. So um, it's an exciting uh, situation. It looks like uh, as of last night that AT&T Business uh, has secured um, uh, at Hudson Yards facility, a beautiful, new, shiny, world-class facility in Manhattan, not too far from the Javits Center where the NRF uh, Big Show, the convention, is based. Um, that would be on January 17th, um, and it's 8, 8.30 a.m., somewhere in that time range, uh, uh, at Hudson Yards, it looks like. Um, we've got some wonderful benefactors, sponsors, if you will, partners uh, in what we're doing in AT&T business, and it looks like two to four others uh, that want to make this happen uh, so that it's a world-class event, accommodate a larger group but allow us to do breakouts and the more interesting and important and impactful things. Um, since we did get to that point at the, in the Bloomingdale's training room where it was standing room only, uh, we could get some things done, but it was, you know, we just, as many people in classroom style as you could cram in there, uh, per fire code, which was, I think a hundred. Um, so that's an exciting prospect. So stay tuned, go to LPRC's lpresearch.org website, uh, if you're not getting the connect, the e-newsletter that goes out every midweek um, from LPRC, the connect, uh, send us a note at operations at lpresearch.org um, and let us know to get on that registration and then potentially at some point waiting list. Um, and we're, we're curating some pretty interesting content. Partnership is the key theme, as will be for all of our LPRC events this year. Um, what we're doing with L with Connect in the five zones, the double bow tie, uh, we'll be going through the what's going on, our concepts, what's going on in the five field initiatives. Uh, again, think about the four square blocks around our labs. The Innovation Square is our first one. So we've got six interior labs, as, as many or most of you know, uh, in the UF Innovate Hub building where our base is. Um, those those labs, the parking lot the engagement, the activation, the simulation, the ideation, and the SOC or Security Operations Center. Those six labs uh, are surrounded by the four square blocks that the building's situated on. That's our test area. Um, again, 10 now uh, platform sensor and uh, deterrent tool platforms now uh, with a few more on the way. Um, and so that's, that is place one, right? Drone activity, things that we're working on, uh, curbside pickup and uh, crowds, um, active assailant. So that's the second one, of course, is Port St. Lucie, um, three Walmarts, three LVT platforms uh, in the parking lot of one of the three Walmarts, uh, studying uh, what's going on uh, in those parking lots and stores before uh, deployment compared to after. Um, so we've collected 36 months of uh, reported activity from Walmart team uh, that have occurred 
that they know about in the parking lot and in store and loss levels. Uh, the same thing, 36 months, <clears throat> excuse me, of activity from Port St. Lucie Police Department, uh, calls for service on those properties, um, as well as arrests made on those properties. And then finally, with um, their fire rescue working now, we have not yet got the data, we'll be putting in calls for service on those properties from EMS, emergency services, so um, emergency medical services. So that's what's going on there. Uh, zooming up the state to Gainesville east side, again, eight retailers. Um, we've had multiple planning calls. We've deployed some things. Uh, we've got some leveraging existing uh, sensors, camera infrastructure, get an idea of what's going on as a baseline, as well as what we talked about in Port St. Lucie from Gainesville Police Department, Gainesville Fire Rescue, and from those eight participating retailer participation retailers, what have you experienced, what's been reported and recorded uh, uh, in and around those eight locations 36 months prior, and then as with Port St. Lucie, uh, a regimen to collect either in real time up to weekly and in, uh, in some areas we know later it'll be monthly, but collecting uh, incident information there. Um, the Alachua Sheriff's Office will be in our labs this week, tomorrow to be exact. Um, uh, part of them, this will be the SWAT team and others emergency part components um, as we plan out what I'll talk about later, but also coming up as a meeting with their crime analysis um, and their crime prevention teams to plan out now get putting the Alachua County Sheriff's Office data into the platform since we've now got University of Florida, Gainesville Police Department, now we'll have their data too. Those would be the three main agencies here um, on top of Gainesville Fire Rescue and then later Alachua County Fire Rescue. So um, moving along, we've created a dynamic maps, obviously dashboards for Port St. Lucie and Gainesville for the east side and west side that will be coming up, uh, Atlanta and Albuquerque. So all of those areas have highly uh, dynamic uh, data sets, cap index scoring, um, just everything that uh, we can come up with from bus stops to bus routes, uh, everything, abandoned buildings, any meaningful layer that we uh, uh, know about as criminologists or that we learn about from others, we're putting those data into these dynamic maps. Uh, for everybody's use um, to be able to zoom in and out. Uh, we've got a lot of drone imagery of the eight stores and around them here in the east side Gainesville initiative, um, day night aerial footage. Um, we're going to be expanding that to areas and pathways. We believe that offenders move up and down power lines and through neighborhoods and other uh, ingress egress routes on foot, bicycle, or of course, in vehicles, mass transit to just understand the ecosystem, the ecology of the place. and um, and so on. We're working with uh, Rutgers University and their SIMSI unit on risk terrain modeling. Uh, we've done that for Gainesville uh, proper, uh, both east and west side initiatives. So a lot happening, a lot more coming up. We have a planning map with icons that we're working with the retailers to get, uh, all right, what are they going to test with us as far as effect, affecting uh, offender decisions, getting better at deterring and disrupting and documenting them. Uh, the next one, of course, what are they going to work on us, work with us on as far as detect, detecting offender individuals and crews online and physical spaces as they move toward and after going to these places to commit crime. So um, on the connect side, uh, the strategic dashboards, that part of sharing and connecting is already ongoing. Uh, working with axonevidence.com and others will be collecting 
uh, incident information in that format, arrests and so on, uh, as it moves its way from a retailer to a law enforcement agency to the prosecutor. In our case, the state of Florida has state attorneys um, similar to a DA or a solicitor or a county attorney in other jurisdiction or state's attorneys as well. Um, so big, big moves happening. Where are we putting platforms? Where are we putting signage? Where are we putting cameras? Uh, all these things are happening. We're also working at the neighborhood and community level. So building those bridges with Bold, uh, which is a program for young uh, African-American men that have been arrested multiple times. It's expanding, but working with the uh, African-American uh, Gainesville PD officers that work with that program, uh, working with the Chamber of Commerce and uh, other community leaders, houses of worship, um, putting together a, a completely dynamic ecosystem to better understand and then start to affect uh, things and learn together over a minimum of three years. Um, the Atlanta deep planning, we've now got uh, another retailer on board that will be putting some uh, parking lot, zone four, we call it, sensors and interior store, zone three sensors so that we can have those at multiple locations and then with multiple retailers to sense in a very large uh, uh, community like Atlanta area up through Cobb County, um, how serial offenders move, who are they, where are they hitting, how are they moving place to place, what places are they affecting uh, where they located themselves, the offenders, compared to where they're um, striking um, and get that dynamic. So that's our serial offender uh, study area, Atlanta, that area of Atlanta. Um, Albuquerque, heavy-duty planning there, dynamic map, as I mentioned, uh, all the layers going in. We we do now have APD, Albuquerque PD, uh, participating and getting ready to contribute data there's publicly available data we've already got and mapped uh, they've certainly got a whole lot more uh, they now seem to be um, highly interested in the project um, there'll be a lot more things going on uh, that you're going to hear about again with community engagement looking at uh, uh, mass transit dynamics uh, around that uh, coronado center and rating outward and inward uh, so we'll be looking at co-located retailers in that massive mall environment, the enclosed center environment, as well as um, in independent or roadside and, of course, open centers around that area of Albuquerque. So just a long-winded explanation about some of the projects. The, these are the projects and more that we'll be discussing in addition to the active assailant, active shooter tabletop. This thing is really coming together. Uh, many will recall that the integrate tabletop we conducted in February in uh, in on campus here at the University of Florida, uh, 31 retailers, 46 executives, eight law enforcement agencies came in and conducted that. Well, this year we're going to it's going to be uh, instead of focused last this past uh, event, excuse me, on um, a very violent uh, robbery event <clears throat> where the two offenders went to one location and then left, uh, struck that area and then left to go to another and how we would detect, affect and connect along those journeys and see if we could prevent a sectum, a sectum, excuse me, a second victim, victim two. So this year it will be a, an actual active shooter. There are profiles that have been developed. We're developing with a forensic psychologist. Um, we're going to have two threat assessment teams going through those. We're going to have uh, activate and have the real individual that's actually assimilated, but that will be going around town, see if uh, LPR has picked them up. We're going to be doing a whole lot of things to stretch and break and understand across Alachua County, Gainesville, and University of Florida campus. 
um, so that all those agencies can get better and better farther and farther left of the event, left of bang, as well as get better at during the event at bang. And then, of course, post event right at bang. Um, we'll be leveraging the brand new University of Florida Police Department's public safety building and the UF's emergency operations team that have conducted many tabletops. And again, this EOC is activated constantly for six to seven home football games for um, demonstrations or controversial speakers for tornadoes and hurricanes uh, and any and everything else that seems to be significant, including some of these uh, demonstrations that have come up as a result of the Hamas attack on uh, Israel. So um, th this is going to be a pretty exciting uh, one-off, or excuse me, probably hopefully one-of-a-kind to date, unprecedented event. We'll be leveraging three different University of Florida buildings. Um, we're going to have this uh, area where we'll have uh, big screens and we'll have uh, groups of retailers in working along the tabletop in addition to what the agencies are doing and have full visibility to what they're doing and seeing uh, before, during, and after how they're handling it uh, and everybody then debriefing uh, and getting together. So again, unprecedented. We don't know. I mean, again, last year we had 31 retail corporations represented in addition to eight law enforcement agencies, we'll see this year. It could be between 10 and 75. We're not sure yet. Um, so it's a, a massive undertaking. And the team, on top of working uh, 60 projects a year now, research projects uh, working on these events like kickoff, like uh, this integrate tabletop, which will be part of the winter planning meeting, Ignite in February, it'll be 28th for the Ignite Board of Advisors and Innovate Advisory Panel meeting. The 29th will be this integrate active shooter tabletop massive exercise. It actually extends beyond a tabletop to a what uh, is called war game, right? Because there are kinetic components and things. So um, stay tuned uh, again to the Connect e-newsletter, uh, lpresearch.org. Of course, uh, what we're putting out on Twitter, Facebook, and, and of course, all the time on LinkedIn. So that's a lot, uh, a whole lot more going on. We've got meetings fun meetings today and every day um, putting together these projects. So um, I'm off to the races. I want to turn it over to uh, Tony D'Onofrio and then Tom. Uh, and I appreciate you all listening. So uh, Tony, if you could take it away. Thank you, Reed. Uh, let me start this week with the latest data on retail violence from the DND Mid-Year Fatalities Report just published this week. Uh, for the first six months of this year, retail fatalities are down 2% to 342 people killed in the industry. Comparing the data to 2016, when this report was started, however, retail fatalities are up 74% in the same period. Incidents of violence are flat to 302 when compared to 2022, but again are up 71% since 2016. 18% of those killed were suspects, which were 36%, uh, which were up 36% on last year. 59% were customers, which were up 6% on last year. Store associate deaths were nearly at 20%, and that is down 29% uh, from last year. Law enforcement, loss prevention, and security personnel deaths were at 3.5%, down 37% for the first six months this year. 39% of the fatalities were in parking lots, 
57% were inside a store or a mall, 4% were off-premises. By gender, of those killed, 88% were males and 12% were females. The top three, retail formats for retail fatality for the first six months this year were convenience stores at 35%, restaurants at 14%, and malls at 10%. Wednesday had the highest fatalities, followed by Tuesday, and tied Thursday and Monday. The top three states with the most retail fatalities were Texas, California, and Georgia. The top three cities with the most retail deaths for the first six months were Houston, Columbus, and tied for third, New York City, and Philadelphia. Violence is indeed a problem, and all of us need to work together, including here at the LPRC, to mitigate. Let me uh, switch topics and go across the pond to the UK, where they just also are seeing a lot more increased violence. And this is an article that just appeared again this week in the BBC, and is titled, uh, We Go to Work to Serve Customers Not to Be Abused. As the article states, UK retailers have been dealing with a big rise in shoplifting, driven in part by the cost of living crisis, which has coincided with an increase in threats against theft. Firms such as Tesco and Aldi have begun to roll out body-worn cameras across their stores, but some retail bosses say the police need to take the problem more seriously. The retail trust uh, which spoke to more than 1,600 shop workers from 200 companies such as Tesco, H&M, and the co-op, it found almost half feel unsafe at work, while a quarter did not report incidents of abuse, partly because of poor response from police in the past. The police recently committed uh, to attend more to crime scenes and use facial recognition to target offenders. Jane, a checkout supervisor from Mould in North Wales, told the BBC Breakfast that she felt retail abuse was more common now than it's ever been. She described a massive increase during COVID lockdowns when staff had to introduce changes to the way customers were shopping, like one-way system and social distancing measures. She said one shopper's has stood nose-to-nose with her and threatened her verbally, which was particularly threatening at the height of the pandemic. Since then, the increased cost of living has meant shoppers might be more frustrated when they get to the tills or cash register, particularly if they are asked for a photo ID when buying restricted items, she said. Shopping isn't as fun as it used to be. Everything has gone up in price for whatever reason, and customers don't like it, and the staff generally get the brunt of it. In an open letter the organized by the Institute of Customer Service, more than 50 businesses, including John Lewis and the Post Office, as well as several members of the British Parliament, urged the government to ensure assaults on shop workers were better recorded. This would include recording such crimes separately in police statistics, they said. Separately, the co-op said on Monday that it recorded over 300,000 incidents so far this year, 
of shoplifting, abuse, violence, and anti-social behaviors in a chains of stores or shops. It marks a 40% increase compared with the same period in 2022. In the majority of the 3,000 more serious cases, it said the police had failed to attend when requested. Paul Girard, Director of Public Affairs at the Co-op, told the BBC Today program that rather than individuals stealing a loaf of bread or a pint of milk to feed themselves, their shame were not seeing prolific offenders, or as we will call them in the United States, organized retail crime. He said uh, workers were seeing individuals and organized gangs coming in to take out the entire meat section, the entire spirit section, the entire household cleaning section, and those kinds of individuals will stop at nothing. A number of retailers have announced they will be investing in additional security or body-worn cameras to, for staff to combine to combat violent behavior. Little, for example, announced last week that staff across its 960 UK stores will wear body cameras, although they will not be required for all workers. Its boss said the individual safety measure will cost over uh, two million pounds and that retail crime is something that is impacting the whole industry. According to the latest figures uh, from the British Retail Consortium, incidents and violence and abuse have almost doubled on pre-pandemic level to 867 incidents every single day in 2021 and 22. A spokesman for the Home Office said it is completely unacceptable to threaten or assault shop workers who have uh, we have recently put aggravated sentences for assaults and shop workers into law, showing that the crimes would not be tolerated. They said that the policing minister was clear the police should take zero tolerance approach to crime, especially where violence is used, adding that the recent retail crime action plan will see police attending more crime scenes and patrolling bad affected areas. That's it for this week. As you can see, the trends of violence and abuse are not just in the United States. In the United States, we have more violence that leads to death because of, uh, as I explained earlier in the fatalities report, but even in the UK, they have some substantial challenges. So we all, again, need to work together to address them. And with that, let me turn it over to Tom. Well, thank you, Tony, and thank you, Reed. A lot of uh, interesting news in technology this week. Meta rolled out their paid, some part, Meta, uh, formerly known as Facebook, uh, rolled out their paid um, version in the EU. Uh, this was driven by a legal decision where the EU fined Meta a billion dollars for using uh, EU citizens' data to track them and share that data in the United States. So, this is a paid tier. It's $10 a month right now. Uh, it appears that it would be $10 a month for Meta and Facebook separately because Meta, face, Meta's Facebook and Instagram separately. Uh, they're, it's in the early stages. And there's no um, actual sight of this coming to the U.S. until laws require it. 
What does it mean? Well, it means that there's kind of a changing the guard in social media. We saw when uh, X, formerly known as Twitter, was purchased by Elon Musk, that Elon Musk was able to, um, I would argue, somewhat successfully launch a paid tier for verified users. While I don't think it was a huge, uh, you know, a huge number of people did it, there were a lot of people did it without resistance. I personally have been saying for years that um, we as American uh, citizens gave up our privacy for convenience many years ago. Uh, and one of the examples is social media. Now I'm a, I'm a heavy LinkedIn user, a heavy uh, Twitter X user. Uh, I do still have a Facebook account that I use to share with friends and family photos of the children. But the reality is from the beginning, I've, I've understood what I'm giving up to do that. And for me, um, I enjoy the interaction and for work, obviously use it. So I have a full grasp of what occurs. One of the challenges is these terms and services of these agreements are very difficult. Uh, these terms and services and agreements are very difficult for layman folks to read. Additionally, they're really long. So you, you in some cases, could never actually consume it all efficiently. So you have this dilemma, of, if you will, of... I'm not 100% sure what's happening with my data when it's happening. So you have folks making decisions based on either incomplete or in an inaccurate understanding. So this is a space that I would watch very closely because it could set the tide for what occurs here in the United States and other countries. So why do I think it's important to us? Because I think the, a lot of us use social media for business purposes and for personal purposes. So think about if... LinkedIn, Twitter, and, and all of these services that have been free for, in some cases, 10 plus years, become paid services. What would you do? Would you use them? Would you not use them? Um, you know, I personally uh, probably would not pay for Facebook. I don't use it enough to see the value in paying. Um, but I would, in fact, use it, uh, pro probably pay for a LinkedIn subscription. So I think that those are things to really look at. As a matter of fact, I do pay for a premium LinkedIn subscription. So I think it's just a space to watch. In AI news, uh, something very interesting. Uh, I, I often wonder if these are type of reports are uh, kind of to draw attention. I don't think in this case it will. Open AI and a chat GPT, Sam Altman, the, the CEO, mentioned.